0: this week on a very special thursday edition of drunk sports a world series ends the mfl reaches its halfway point the nba begins and perhaps a hero will fall Also, if it's Thursday night, apparently it must be Drunk Sports. That's Grant Dennison. I'm Jonathan Levy. Welcome to the show. This is, of course, the show where Grant gets progressively drunker as we talk sports. And while he knows generally what the topics more or less are, the one thing he never knows, that's beer number three getting cracked open right now, is what the topics are for our final quarter, Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose sports dilemmas to him and he does his best to answer them. Right.
1: So... I'm worried now. You said a hero might fall. A hero may fall. So there's a really good chance here that I'm going to die.
0: <laughs> oh, You're the hero in this scenario? I Are think I'm you, the hero. Of course I'm the hero. I'm 100% the hero. I have to deal with drunk you all the time. And that's bra.
1: some sort of burden? It I'm sounds like say, a joy to me. It I'm sounds sure. like a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah. We make no money on this podcast. Why would you do it if you didn't love it?
0: <laughs> future possibilities, oh. future monetary okay. possibilities. That's a
1: fair answer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Also, there's a drinking game associated with this podcast. Absolutely. It's a very simple drinking game. You know what it's called? Drink along with Jeff close enough <laughs> <laughs> no i am grant and it is drink along with grant this is my third beer i always start with two beers in in
0: the can if you will or i guess out of the can
1: lol uh anyway yeah so you can keep up with me for silver metal level i drink five percent beers gold level is high alcohol beers like ipas and such keeping up don't do it please don't do it i mean bronze, or do it bronze is the most reasonable level but it's also for the biggest wusses <laughs> that was it's exactly for if you talking. drink half as much as grant So you can figure out the math. We're not going to do the math for you. Deal with it yourself. Yeah, fair enough. How about that? Um, But, you know, be safe.
0: Yep, be safe. Don't operate heavy machinery, blah, blah, blah. Don't drive. Don't be taking care of any little kids unless they're already asleep. I don't know. Maybe even then, just in case. Uh, also, of course, there's the platinum level, which Grant always fails to mention, which is where you listen to the podcast at double speed and keep up with the drinking. People actually do do that. But they are very you know, large of stature, and their bodies can handle it. We only encourage people who can physically handle it to do something like yeah, that. Of course. All right. Of course. Shall we get into quarter number one? Fine. Grant. Let's start. The uh, World Series concluded last night. Yeah. That's why we didn't do Crunch sports last night, because there was a Game 7. I'm from Chicago. You're from Chicago. It was the two biggest losers in baseball in some ways, right? Yeah. The Cleveland Indians playing the Chicago Cubs. Neither had won a World Series title in over 60 years. 68 years for the Cubs and something like 108 years. Is that right? For Yeah. The- for the Cubs. So that's amazing. It is amazing.
1: It's also the most racist logo in baseball against yes. the most barest logo in baseball.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how I feel about the bearist. I mean, I, as a bear, as pro bear, yeah. I'm, of course, pro bear. As I assume, you know, at least 55% of the country is. It's, uh, it's upsetting. It is upsetting.
1: You just use a bear, put him on the hat, and be I like, mean, this is a fucking bear. It's a
0: blue bear. And also, you know, they're and there the are, Cubs.
1: It's not real. There is no such thing as a blue bear.
0: Isn't there? No, because you haven't seen one. That means it doesn't exist. <sighs> I uh, guess that's a good argument. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think it's a little weird in that the Cubs uniforms, the bear that they show, they're the Cubs, but that doesn't really look like a baby bear to me. That looks like a full grown adult bear.
1: Dude, I know for a fact that you haven't watched Planet Earth. Watch yeah. Planet Earth. That's a baby fucking bear. Oh,
0: all right, that's what I'm saying. You and me are on the same page here, aren't we? But, but, oh, you're up. saying you're saying the Cubs uniform is a baby bear.
1: Yeah, and all um, yeah it we're is. We're not on the same and, page. Uh, Here's another page that you need to be on. Watch oh. Watch Planet Earth. To all of those who are listening, Colin West, I know you're out there. Jay Recker, I know you're out there. You guys, I'm sure are cool enough to have watched Planet Earth I'm, multiple times. I'm <laughs> Jonathan sure Jonathan
0: has never watched Planet I Earth. I've watched at least 2 episodes of Planet Earth. No, you Earth. haven't. Yeah, I have.
1: Uh, you were probably doing other shit at the same time.
0: At least once. You have to be
1: completely was. immersed and also probably high.
0: Being high helps. Okay, but let's get back to the baseball. Why? <laughs> because it was. Many people are calling it one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball yeah. game of all time. We did watch it. Yeah, it was. Can entertaining. we talk about it? It was entertaining. That comeback was incredible in the ninth inning. Yeah, I mean that never happens. It does. Um, almost never. Yeah. The I mean the Cubs were ninety three percent to win the game going into the ninth with a two run lead. And ultimately did win the game, so that's part of that 92.3% or whatever sure. it is. However, the Indians made it pretty interesting by tying the game up and then threatening again even in the bottom of the 10th. That yeah. Was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was a cool game. I, I We were not baseball fans, no. but it was a cool game. I am from Chicago, and I do feel really, really happy that the Cubs won, but... You know, I, I think i This is going to sound like sacrilege to many people, but I think I'd rather just see the Bulls win a regular season game than the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. That is. Really, I don't know. No,
1: that's a bit too far. That is crazy. That's a bit too far. I'd rather see the Bulls make the playoffs than the Cubs win the World Series. I'll that's at least
0: that. a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that is really. That's some. Wow.
1: But anyway, it's cool to see an historic event like that, you know, and. Yeah. In, I mean, there's there's fun moments.
0: Anything stick out to you as a both of us were sort of non baseball fans. But yeah. anything stick out to you from watching the yeah, game? Yeah, absolutely. That's like number one, number
1: one. And this is really going to show how little baseball I watched. This is the only baseball game I watched all year. Yeah. Um, but Rizzo. So when Rizzo's <laughs> when Rizzo's at bat, I'm sure this is something that people joke about in the sports world all the time. I'm just unaware of it because I don't watch baseball. But Rizzo's stance includes a lot of humping. What like what's with that? He's just thrusting his 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 genital region towards the plate. Yeah. He just keeps doing it over and over again, and then he tries to hit the ball.
0: He's one of the best hitters in the league, so yeah, I guess it whatever, works. Whatever works, <laughs> yeah. I think you should keep doing. I
1: mean, is that a normal thing for the people do? I I don't remember that. I'm from pretty sure it's past not years
0: a normal thing that the people do. No, um, the, one of the things that stood out to me, and I'm sure this argument's been had many times also the last twenty years, but is it not time to get rid of the home plate umpire calling balls and strikes? Of course
1: it is. I mean, but at the th- part of what makes baseball still able to survive because we had a whole thing last week or was it two weeks ago who knows about how how to fix baseball because generally baseball is considered boring by a lot of people
0: what was our solution to that by the way
1: i uh, put a pool in the outfield oh, yeah. that's one solution that was a good solution there were, there were other solutions oh mlb uh short
0: guys height height restrictions height and restrictions
1: and, yeah. and the mlb encourages betting on every single play
0: excellent all right yeah. please continue nice yeah. job remembering that
1: thank you uh, i was i'm only two beers and then so you know i can do that yeah um Oh, oh, shit! Now I forgot what I was talking about. So I guess
0: uh, I messed you up. Well, so you don't I was even notice. I, about, about, I was talking about umpires and computers. Right, and right. So u- part of what
1: what makes baseball able to survive continuously is it has that kind of classic feel to it that, and it's got that history. And it has that feeling of, like, this is, this is what America should be, you know? Hot dogs and baseball and some fat white guy calling the strikes, you know? And that's, that's all.
0: <laughs> it has to be a white guy? Come on. I mean, it
1: usually is, there right? There are African-American umpires, for I'm, sure. I know there are. I know there are. But just I, I, well, I only watched one baseball game this year, and all the umpires were white. Yeah, that's all right? true.
0: So, <laughs> they were all fat and white. That's yeah.
1: true. Well, there may be one skinny one. Anyway, um... It's clearly suboptimal as far as calling correctly strikes and balls, but it's part of the game that people like. And I I think there's an element of human error. If we're going to regulate baseball, why don't make every park the same size? You know, like there's a lot of things in baseball that are just, those are
0: really different points. Are they not like each park being different is not a fundamental mistake. That's being made several times a game. It's just a different park. I mean, come on. That's true.
1: I mean, you could say the same for a lot of sports. I mean, there's, There's a lot of subjective stuff in in referee calling in in all sports.
0: Absolutely. But this is one of the few ones that you, in theory anyway, could have a computer do perfectly and it wouldn't be an issue, right? Like you could do that in tennis, too, with like the out calls. And in fact, they do their best now where the players get challenges and things like that. Although those are actually just simulations and not actually where the ball landed, if you you knew that or not, um, in tennis. Uh, it seems to me it's insane. They're already using replay to determine, you know, outs on the bases and things like that, which is good. I'm yeah, glad they're doing it. I'm that. all for replay. Why do we have to pretend that somehow this is charming or folksy or Americana? It's none of those things. There's it's something just...
1: about the aesthetic of the game that would be missing without it. And I I, I can understand that.
0: I mean, I, I agree on one level. On another level, I think, you know, a year and a half after doing it, no one will ever think about it again or talk about it again except some very old people who will right. be dead soon. Yeah. You know? That's well, okay, let me ask you
1: this. Go ahead. Just to shift gears a bit but stay with baseball. How important is this to to baseball and to sports in general that the Cubs won the World Series?
0: Um, I think it's pretty good, but not as important as probably the baseball people think it is. How about that? Okay. So, like, it is newsy in a way that it wouldn't normally be newsy. I don't normally watch the World Series at all, and I watched this game because it was Game 7 against the Indians and the Cubs, and it felt like something was happening, and it was important yeah. to watch. Also, you're a huge Cubs fan, and I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Like, <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, you know, we're we're good friends. You said, I'm watching this game. I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Um, and it seemed fun, and indeed it was quite enjoyable. Um, So I think it transcends the sport, this the story, which is really good and important for baseball. At the same point, I don't think transcending the sport is enough for baseball to get more people watching it or anything like that. Like the sport has fundamental issues that will not be overcome by some of this more basic stuff. The The, sport itself is slow pace. Just the slow the slow pace. The fact that it is extremely repetitious as well. It's just hard to go against that stuff, you know? It's not seen anyway as like an exciting or athletic sport. I know there are athletic moments, obviously. There's great defensive plays. Without question, yeah. there's, you know, it's, there's speed, there's agility, there's there's some grace. But there's also a lot of just standing around and waiting for nothing. For the, for one guy to throw a little white ball to another guy and the other guy to throw it back. And that just happens way too much in baseball. For, I think, for this country to ever get back into it where we're more ADHD than ever, not less. Like, that's that's yeah. the game for, like, radio when there was two channels on the radio and that's what you listen to, you know? Well,
1: that's why I think my first solution from last week was the best solution. It was that MLB encourages betting on every single play. Mm-hmm. That makes every play interesting. If you just – and, like, yeah. you, you brought up, you could do it either tournament or cash style. Where in a tournament style, you just get us like, beat, you – buy into a game and and you get a certain amount of chips or whatever for for each game and you can bet however much you want and whoever has the most chips at the end gets a certain amount of of prize money etc
0: yeah that's that's good actually something else that we didn't talk about but would help too is if they came up with a better way to play fantasy baseball so it wasn't dead boring to play like rotisserie style um, fantasy is the worst and that's why pro football fantasy is really fun because no one does it that way you'd play head-to-head and it's exciting and Every play feels like it matters instead of, oh, cool, I stole a base. Hopefully at the end of the season I'll have, you know, more than the guy right behind me who has stolen. Like, it doesn't feel like it matters, you know? Just like in real baseball, by the way. It mirrors real baseball where, oh, we we have a four-game losing streak. Who cares? We have 158 more games to play, Mm -hmm. you know? So... Maybe that would help and revitalize interest in the game. Also, if the fantasy aspect could take on things like balls and strikes that pitchers actually threw, that would probably be interesting. Yeah. So, you know, like every time the guy throws a ball, it actually like it's like minus a something and every minus a half a point every time the pitcher throws a strike, it's a point. So we actually care about each individual pitch or something. Otherwise, I just think baseball is going to slowly fade away. Like but it, boxing, it, I mean, it, 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 it has been. Yeah. I think it has been. I got
1: another thought Go on, uh, on baseball. So this is something that you've brought up before, but... And mm-hmm. this seems unfixable, but the Cubs were clearly the best team in the league this year, right? Yes. Their run differential was
0: 100 better than the Indians. Yeah, 252 for the Cubs, 151, I think, for the Indians.
1: Right. But baseball is so high variance, even in a seven-game series, that it came down to the wire. The Cubs almost lost. Yeah. And that's usually not supposed to happen,
0: Right. I mean, in baseball, it's, it happens all the time, but you mean in other championships? Yeah. Well, in the NBA, it's not supposed to happen. It happens in the NFL because they yeah. play one game, and it happens in the NCAA basketball tournament. Actually, the NCAA coach, most things, it does happen. I guess The so. NBA goes out of their way to sort of it's make it It's just weird
1: happen. that in a seven game series, that happens still. Agreed. It's because of the pitching rotation, essentially. I mean,
0: the problem is how many games do you want them to play to determine the championship? I don't, and there's no 30, fix. 30, 40? I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Luckily, this isn't about. Let the Drunk Fix
1: it. Yeah. Because I don't want to make baseball lower variants. I don't care. But, yeah. Um, it's just a thought, you know. It's it's interesting that you can go, and, and I guess that falls into the lore of baseball because as we are are poker players and logical thinkers, and and we will chalk something up to variance mm-hmm. a lot of the time. People who love the lore of baseball, I think, would love to chalk that up to just like. The team really pulling through in their heart, and like their commitment to the game, and stuff I mean, like that.
0: Everyone just basically, you know, rolls the dice and then creates narratives around it. That's what sports commentary is for the most part, except on this show, right? But you know, there's so much of that that really happens. It's like, oh, that was a touchdown. So at the end of the game, so that means this, 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 and this, and the story yeah. now is this, this, and this. Instead of like he threw the ball, and some percentage of the time it's going to be a touchdown, some percentage of the time it isn't. But we decided the
1: whole things. whoever wants it more is going to win thing.
0: Attitude, yeah. leadership. All that intangible stuff. Not that none of it exists, but way too much of it is assigned to people and situations than should be. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, I have another thought. It's a bit of a dark thought. Well, let's hear that. We're
1: we're gonna just have like a kind of a plethora of baseball thoughts now. I suppose. Apparently. Um, So I was I was doing the notes for the show before games haven't happened. Yeah. And I wrote down, if the Cubs lose, I think there's a not a huge chance, but maybe a ten percent chance that a Cubs fan commits suicide. Like there's. (laughs) There's something really? there.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Cubs fan who was already suicidal might commit suicide. Yeah. But you yeah. think? I mean, they, they just would use this as the excuse. I don't I mean, I don't want to get into this. You're right. Into like Sorry. I know podcast. this was a mistake. But I mean, I don't really believe that that would do it unless it went unless they lost in a particular way, like a Bartman kind of a way. I don't think that would push someone over the edge. The Cubs haven't won in since 1908 anyway, you know, like, right. But
1: this is the closest they've been. Well, yeah. By far. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, sure. I mean, does that mean you think some Indians fans will commit suicide? Yeah, that's why I was thinking
1: it was extra dark because I hope not. I hope this is not at all true. It's just the thought. Like, people care
0: so much about these teams and their history, especially the Cubs. But the Indians have that, too. The year after the Pistons won the, – or the day, excuse me, after the Pistons won the uh, their first NBA title in the bad boy years, there was, you know, all that partying that night. And eight people died that night. And the mayor of Detroit said those people would have died anyway. And – you know, some of them probably would have, but probably not all. I mean, eventually actually. they would have died anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, actually. It's a really good point. Yeah. Okay, why don't we roll on? Let's roll on. Yeah, into something suicide related. Is it suicide-related? It is not. I don't want to talk about it then. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some interesting news that's coming out of the sports world. Okay. How's that? Uh, DraftKings and FanDuel are potentially going to merge. Right. They're talking about it. Uh, they're working on a deal according to the Wall Street Journal. Under that combination, the DraftKings CEO, whose name is Jason Robbins, would stay CEO, while the FanDuel CEO, Nigel Eccles, would serve as chairman. Um, both of these uh, companies are now behind on paying some partners. So the merger is really a matter of survival for them as much as anything else. By the way, apparently these companies and CEOs hate the heck out of each other. Behind on paying partners, do, by that, do you mean affiliates? No, I mean like. Um, you know, they do all this advertising and then they owe people, yeah. like probably everybody. Actually, I shouldn't right. say no to affiliates. Probably everybody. Um, there is an estimate that FanDuel lost in 2015, before taxes, $137 million. Well, holy shit. Maybe they shouldn't have had four ads every commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings in 2015 lost an estimated $280 million. And their biggest expense wow. is indeed prizes for fans. And the second one is sales and marketing. Um, anything else you need to know? The, listen, this is kind of interesting. Guess how much it costs to acquire a new user for them in 2015? This is what it ended up being based on their amount of users and the amount they spent, right? I'm going to guess it's something stupid, like $58. Or It was, depe- depending on the company, it was between $125 and $175. To acquire one acquisition, yes. That's crazy. Yes, that's really, really bad. Part so... of that had to do with probably oversaturating
1: the advertising market, right?
0: Yeah, like, they could have probably spent less to acquire. Their, their, their cost per acquisition probably could have been, like, $80 they, also. They, they definitely they, re-
1: they reached a critical threshold and kept going.
0: Yeah, like, they're yeah. like, we have all this VC money, and we're just going to keep spending it. And that seemed dumb at the time. I mean, no, I can't, I mean, I don't know anyone who was, you know, in week 14 of the NFL season is like, who is this FanDuel, and how does this work? I'm completely confused. That's beer number four? Yep. Nice. This one's a little saucy. A little foamy for yeah. sure. So, um, other things to know about these guys: there are four hundred, f- excuse me, four point five million daily fantasy sports users, according to the Wall Street Journal, and of course, almost all of them are on FanDuel or DraftKings. And the final thing that's interesting to know about this is: one percent of the users on these sites, one percent of the players, account for sixty percent of the entry fees. So there's the That's, pros. It's the pros who play a million yeah. things. Then there's the few Joes who play just like two or three each week, and they're not even that important.
1: Compared so to it's actually – okay, so this is an interesting analogy for us. For those of you who somehow don't know, we are professional poker players, and we have another podcast about poker called yes. The Breakdown. So this is there's a very, very close analogy between between poker and daily fantasy sports. Absolutely. And, there, I mean, we, we definitely both believe that poker requires more skill. That's a different conversation. But – the The whole thing about that, the pros being sixty percent of the entry fees, that's awful for the pros. That's terrible. That means you're playing against other pros most of the time. The, the, the great thing about poker is playing against people who aren't pros. Like that's one of the most profitable things in poker.
0: I mean, one of the things that both FanDuel and uh, DraftKings allow for, though, is the pros. Are able to? They have software and things like that enable them, like, to seek out n- relatively new people and auto play them. Essentially. Oh, I see. So they, so yeah, they they do play each other some, but I think a lot of it is also in their guaranteed like tournaments. Yeah, that's sort of But I think when they're playing heads up stuff, the pros rarely play each other. I think they go out of their way not to. So it really basically makes it very tough for any Joe to ever make any money on that site, unless they get really lucky and win a big tournament, which is right. hard to do. Yeah, really hard to do. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, it, it seems like. uh
0: it seems like DFS is gonna go the way of the dodo I agree. within a year or two. Yeah, this feels like the death knell. They're going the fact that these two companies have to merge when it's they were o- and honestly, like
1: yeah. many of our listeners, I'm sure, have played DFS. It's not that fun. It's it's right. fine, but like I guess if you're a pro and you just and it's a lot more exciting when it becomes a source of income, I'm sure. But the just trying to make like optimal Excel spreadsheets and figure shit out based on stuff like that. I guess that's interesting for a time and then you figure it out and then you just plug it in and then that's all you do. It's not and it's not like uh, seasonal fantasy football where that's like a really fun experience. You often do it with your friends. You know, you, you have a lot more dynamism within what's going on. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot, a lot more inflection points
0: throughout the season. There's trades. There's usually a draft or an auction. In fact, there's always a draft or an auction of some sort. So there's competition between people. And this is not so much competition between people. It's almost like playing golf. You're sort of playing against yourself, and then you match up your scores at the end to see right. how it goes. It, this is like, oh, you took that guy, so I can't take him. Or in an auction, you outbid me for that yeah. guy. That change. That's like a dynamic. That's um, a continuing dynamic throughout right. the auction. It's different and it's much more. It
1: always kind of. Urban to me when they first came out with the dfs stuff and they, they were advertising and saying like oh your uh your seasonal fantasy team's not doing well you, well you know what you can play fantasy football every week and you get a new team every week and it's awesome yeah. and it's like no it's really not i mean you just get a budget and you pick the players and it's like ah, eh, that was kind of boring
0: i remember when dfs first started i actually have a good friend of mine who started one of the very first dfs companies which eventually was sold to nbc uh and that at that time anyway, it wasn't the salary cap thing where you just pick whatever players you want. You can and you and your opponent can have all the same players, which is how it is now. It was a draft, and so I love drafts. So to drafts me, it are was, fun. It was great to have an opportunity to draft, you know, against other people, and so I was excited to do drafts, and that was felt like a competitive, interesting element. You know, it's an actual iterated game where things matter, and instead of you know, nothing matters at all. Like, you do what you do, I do what I do, and that's that.
1: Right, you can go find the optimal lineup online according to whoever decides that's the optimal lineup. And it's in a draft, it's all... Like, the thing that DFS is missing is the interaction between the players. You don't get to see other players make what you perceive to be mistakes and then capitalize on that.
0: Right. right? All you do is you say, like, oh, this guy started Gronk. Ha huh? yeah. I don't think that's the right move yeah. because I think, you know, if instead you get Delaney Walker here, and this way you can start a better quarterback. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, okay. I mean, you're playing with razor-thin edges. It's just not that fun. I agree. Having played... Some DF- DFS, I've never enjoyed it right, me neither. as much as, fa- as regular I fantasy.
1: love regular fantasy football. That's yeah. what I mean, that's what keeps me watching football and enjoying football when I know there's so many problems with football. It's like yeah. regular fantasy football really keeps people like Jonathan and I engaged. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I agree. I think DFS has got another year or two unless they change some really drastic things about it. And it's just going to, like, die out. Quietly, and they're just going to lose a lot of money. I mean, yeah, they've lost a lot of money already. I'm glad not to be a venture capitalist who sunk a lot of there cash. Was a, there
1: was Kings. a moment when it looked like the, the next big thing.
0: It looked Absolutely. like investing
1: in PokerStars in 2003. I know? mean,
0: a, as you know, I was uh, talking to DraftKings about two years ago about getting a job with them. And uh, at that time, they were only had like 100-and-something employees. And a friend of mine, the friend who started that in, in, yeah. in, uh, that Daily Fantasy Sports site, was like employee number 25 or something like that, and he was really encouraging me to join them. And uh, it seemed like there were some real good things about it, like they could grow significant. They were expecting to grow by like a factor of five in 2015, and they kind they almost did. And uh, and so I was like, wow, the stock options on this are kind of incredible. And then watching it go crazy in 2015, I was like, geez, I may have made may have messed this up. Like I should have yeah. tried to get that job a little harder. And uh, but looking back now, I'm I mean I wasn't going to take that job anyway. But uh, I like my life. But I'm really glad now because I would feel like, oh, what did I do to my life? Yeah. Because like, now those stock options can't be, have much value at all.
1: Right. So, can't. I mean, if, if there are any I, – I, so I won't get to see this directly. Jonathan can tell me because I'm not allowed to look at Drunk Sports Twitter, which is, of course, at Drunk Sports Show. The reason I'm not allowed to look at it is because suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It come in through there, and I'm not allowed to know those. Nope. But we would love to hear from you guys. If any of you guys are DFS players, like, tell us we're wrong. You know, explain yeah. to us why
0: it is fun and what's good about it. That sounds great. Of course, we are at Drunk Sports Show. That's our Twitter handle. Yeah. So, you know, tweet at us. If you have any kind of DFS stuff, you have suggestions for the show, of course, if you have suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It, we often take listener suggestions for that and pose the questions to Grant. It's a lot of fun that way. Yep. Okay. Um, why don't we end this segment right here? We'll come back and will get good. into uh, some NBA. <whistles> Time to take it to quarter number two, where we're going to talk about the National Basketball Association. You gotta stop with that joke. What joke? The whole national thing. I don't know what you're
1: talking about. It's not funny. I don't know what, what you're referring to. All right. Well, you know, the the
0: listeners know. They're, the listeners know. They're smarter. They get it. They're smarter than you give them credit for. Wow, oh, wow. Wow, why did you have to explain it to them then? Here comes Beer number five. Nice job. All right. Thank you. So well, we are gonna talk about the first week of the NBA season. Before we get into that. The uh, extension deadline for rookies who, not rookies, but players who were just beginning their fourth year was Halloween, and there were numerous signings, so let's talk a little bit about those Okay, Come on, you want to do it. So uh, first of all, Rudy Gobert with the Utah Jazz signed a four-year, $102 million deal, all guaranteed, of course, because all of them are. Thoughts?
1: That's just uh, the way the NBA is right now, and I think anybody would have signed Gobert for that much. I think that's right. He's an elite rim protector, and those are rare. It's, it's also very young. He's very
0: young. He's 23,
1: something yeah, like that. Something like it's that. really hard to find a guy who is as good by advanced stats at rim production as Gobert. He was one of the best, I yeah. believe, last year by advanced stats. He's, he averaged 2.2 blocks, but that doesn't really tell
0: the whole story. I mean, the Jazz are building something real in Utah right now with Gobert. If they keep Hayward, he's a free agent of the Favors. End of the year. Favors. Uh, if Dante Exum turns into something, they just need, like, one more guy, really. And they might be a legit contender down the road, like two or three years down yeah, the road. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, Gobert's peak is probably a better version of DeAndre Jordan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think that's right. Which is
1: awesome. That's a great thing to have as Although, a the
0: thing is, DeAndre Jordan actually not great at defense. Okay, Just yeah, good fair at blocking enough. shots yeah. and rebounds. Gobert right? is actually good. Yeah. Uh, so. Another
1: interesting thing about Gobert, and I don't have the exact number, mm-hmm. but in the history of the NBA Combine, he has the widest arm span. Really? Which helps, helps with being an elite rim protector. Good for
0: blocking. Yeah. <laughs> I know that much. Yeah.
1: So I think that's a completely reasonable signing based on today's NBA.
0: Agreed. Uh, a few other centers also signed. Steven Adams signed four years, one hundred million with OKC. That one's a little bit more questionable. Yeah, how come? I, I think he was going to get it
1: anyway. He was. He's he's good, but he doesn't have the same type of advanced metrics that Gobert has that just make it seem like he could clearly just be a difference maker on defense at least.
0: Oh well, he's not just a defensive player though. Yeah, he's, he, a, he he's plays become offense. an offensive player, and he's. I mean, Oklahoma City coming into the day anyway was four and O. And while well, Russell Westbrook is definitely the biggest part of that, Stephen Adams is almost certainly the second biggest part of that. And he can really take a shot in the dick pretty well. <laughs> that's, like, that's worth at least $10 million yeah, yeah. right there. So. <laughs> yeah. It would have been four years, 90 otherwise. Uh, what else we got here? Cody Zeller signed a four-year $56 million deal with Charlotte.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's just that's the one that's like, wow. And I guess this is the NBA now.
0: Yeah. Right? This is, it's this actually, like the backup center. Uh, he's effectively their starting center. I mean, he is. Roy Hibbert is not their starting okay. center, really. But he's not uh, very good. He's defensively fits really well into the, what they're trying to do scheme-wise and is okay and is still young. I mean, you're paying him with the idea that there's going to be some growth. Otherwise, this is a terrible deal. Yeah. For sure. Finally, and the, maybe the most interesting deal is Victor Oladipo on OKC signs a four-year $84 million deal.
1: Right. That is interesting. I mean— I guess they're trying to to lock him up for Westbrook's prime. Yeah. They have like a clear backcourt for Westbrook's prime, Mm -hmm. which is nice. That's a nice thing to have. Oladipo, pretty good defender, right? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And he had some decent numbers last year on the Magic, but does that really matter? The Magic were playing all sorts of weird games because they were terrible.
0: I mean, coming into this year, he's really seen as sort of a league average two guard. Like, just a okay player still has legit upside for sure i guess i feel like the okc thunder have to had to resign him to this deal once they trade serge Ibaka for him right
1: yeah i think that was probably the plan all along it probably yeah. i mean and it's not like he's bad i mean his numbers from last year i have him here 16 points uh 3.9 assists 4.8 rebounds 1.6 steals 83 percent from the line 34 from 3 44 field goal yeah that's not bad and i mean he didn't he played a lot more minutes than Alan Crabb, but I want to make a comparison to Alan Crabb cool. because Alan Crabb signed for just $9 million less uh, total for the four years. Hmm. Uh, and Alan Crabb had 10.3 points, 0.8 steals, 1.2 assists, 2.7 rebounds. His percentages were all better, to be fair. Uh, 86 free throw, 39-3, and 46 field goal. But And Crabb didn't play as many minutes, so he didn't have the opportunity to get as many stats as Oladipo. But Oladipo has shown that he can sustain at least like a decent level starter at shooting guard, which is meaningful in the NBA these days.
0: I will say, I'm not sure if I really buy the Allen Crabb comparison, in that Allen Crabb's salary was really a product of a very particular set of circumstances where the New Jersey Nets, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, I keep calling them New Jersey. Uh, Kendall Gill, was had he, a, he on there? I mean, you know, he was. Yeah. Had a lot of money to spend and really no one to spend it on. So they just threw offer sheets at people who otherwise would not get offers. Like, they were trying to make offer sheets so big that the other teams wouldn't match them. And then Portland was in a situation where they figured, this is it. This is we got to go for it right now. And, and to, as, you, as you mentioned a few shows ago, take advantage of Lillard's window. So we're just going to throw money at everyone we can and keep this team together and maybe collect assets as yeah, best we can. Yeah, that's true. So I don't, think, I don't think in a normal world, Alan Crabb makes the money he's making. Oladipo is probably—they're probably both a little bit overpaid, but this is the NBA.
1: This is how it's going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's it for that stuff. Let's get into the more interesting stuff, which is week one of the NBA. So first of all, there's a lot of talk before the season started about who might be the MVP, and it was sort of an interesting discussion because Steph Curry very seems unlikely to win it coming into the season. Right. He'd won it the last two years. It's hard to win it three times in a row. Also— they were the best team in the world last year and didn't win the title, and I think that really is negative for. And now Steph Curry. everybody hates Curry. That also, yeah. Kevin Durant joined, so it's harder still. Yeah. There's less shots for Curry to take, less glory for for Curry as well. Even if they do win who's who they might split the vote and things like that. Sure. right? Um, all similarly for Durant, hard for anyone to want to give him the MVP unless his numbers are out of this world, because I think he's seen as a villain and also he's joining a team that already had the best record of all time. So how much, how valuable could he really be? You, you could ask, right? Yeah. Um, LeBron really doesn't go for this award anymore. He usually takes a few weeks off and really gears up for the playoffs, which right. is reasonable. It's but he out.
1: is still a legit contender for the award because if, For some reason, he decides he wants to win
0: another MVP, and he turns it on. You know, he's got a shot. Oh, absolutely. No matter what, because he's LeBron. I mean, we agree he's the best player in the world, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. But then there's some players who very clearly are in the discussion for MVP. I mean, there's an obvious pick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, that would be Mr. Russell Westbrook.
0: Yes, he's yeah. having a good year so far. There's no question about that. He was the preseason pick, too. I mean, it was just... Yeah, he was your number one preseason pick. Although Steph Curry actually, believe it or not, was really close in terms of Vegas and stuff like that.
1: Well, I, Vegas is wrong.
0: Yeah, here's yeah. Russell Westbrook's numbers through four games, in fairness. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder are 4-0. Westbrook is getting 38 points a game, 10.5 rebounds a game, 10 assists per game, 1.5 steals per game on 46% shooting. That's going to do it. I mean... Yeah. If he maintained... By the way, 32% for three, which for Russell is good. Nobody can average a triple-double, though. It's not going to happen. He's taking 11.5 free throws a game and hitting 80% of them. I mean, it's insane. But yep. yeah, he's not going to keep this up. But do we... What do you think? Uh, he's the clear MVP so far. There are a few other guys who are candidates. Do you think Westbrook can keep up this pace enough that he's, like, in the top two for the MVP when all is said and done?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. I really think he is. I think... uh there's a, there's a few other candidates, but some of them have problems. Who you know, are you thinking of? Like yeah, Anthony Davis is a great example yeah. of a guy who is just – he's going to put up incredible numbers. Last year he was kind of playing hurt the whole year. Yep. And now we're seeing what he truly is, which is incredible. That's pretty good. But the Pelicans are
0: terrible. The Pelicans are 1-4 as of this moment. He's averaging a little under 32 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, 2.2 assists, 3 blocks, 2.4 steals. He's only 23 years old by the freaking way. Wow, this, how good is this kid going to be when he's 26? I know, it's crazy, but
1: he can't win MVP on a 28-win team. Nope, you know? he really so can't. So if, if, if the Pelicans were going to win 45 games, he'd have a shot. Yep. Even though 45 isn't usually enough, but he, he would have a shot. Agreed. But he doesn't. Uh, another obvious candidate would be James Harden. Yeah, obviously. James Harden.
0: having a, the, the Rockets are 3-2. and two. So that's a little bit better. Harden getting 32 points a game, leading the league in assists pretty impressively, I have to say, at 12.5 a game. Seven rebounds a game, shooting 50% from the field. I mean, this guy is doing it. This guy's got a real chance to win if the Rockets can win 48 games. He's shooting 39% from three also, which is you know a little better than his career average. Also, yeah. only 27 years old. It's hard to believe James Harden's so young because he feels like right. he's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been
1: he's been advertising Taco Bell for multiple years. <laughs> you expect that to be at least a thirty year old. I mean, man, he's good. He's a breakfast defector.
0: You, I feel like you bring that up. I at brought least that once. up twice now. Yeah. Total. So I said at least it, once.
1: Obviously, it resonates with the people, and by the people, I mean you, because you remembered it and it made you feel a little bit mad that I. Brought I am
0: up a little upset about you because
1: he wears up. the leather jacket and eats the Taco Bell it in seems the commercial.
0: About- I'm just going to say it seems wrong that you're okay. talking about it. He's a defector, though. Okay, here's another... He doesn't c- believe in traditional breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's at least got to be in the conversation. I'm discounting him. He doesn't get enough points, or he doesn't get enough rebounds and assists. I mean, he's getting four rebounds, four assists. He's at 28 points. Clearly... If the other guys keep up the kind of numbers they have right now, Kawhi Leonard can't be in it. Even though he is the maybe the dominant defensive player in the league,
1: right? But no MVP ever averages twenty eight four and four. It has to be a little yeah. sexier
0: than that. I cannot disagree with you there, sir. But Kawhi actually has averaged for his career six rebounds a game, so I would assume his rebounds anywhere are going to come up. If the Spurs win fifty five games, Kawhi gets twenty eight six and four. That might be enough. I might be if
1: Westbrook takes a big dive and Harden takes a big dive. I mean,
0: if Kawhi shoots, you know a reasonable percentage from the floor. He's shooting 51% from the floor and Westbrook shoots 42%. And OKC isn't that good. They win 44 games. They're 4-0. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. They're dude. Gonna, it's not going to happen. <laughs> dude. All right. So I want to bring one guy up. Okay. Oh,
1: uh, the only reason I bring him up is because of the funny anecdote. Steve Kerr said Damian Lillard would win MVP, yeah. which is crazy. That's obviously a crazy thing to yes. say. You shouldn't say that. I don't know why Steve Kerr <laughs> said that, but it's funny.
0: Steve, I mean, Damian, Damian Lillard does have numbers that we were just saying. If Kawhi had these, he might be MVP. Yeah, is getting almost 33 points a game. That's pretty good. The Portland though is only two and three. I da- mean, da- Portland's going to make the playoffs. They're yeah. going to be fine. Dame is getting six rebounds, four and a half assists, one steal, but of course, does not play defense particularly well. Which his percentages are pretty damn good too. Yes. Yeah. He's so. a, he's a very good player.
1: Yeah, but he's not going to win MVP, and it's funny. No. It's weird and funny that Steve Kerr said it. It was in a, in response to a question about, can Steph Curry win MVP with Durant on the team? And he said, no, I think Damian Lillard can.
0: I mean, and I don't know why he said that. It's like some weird political thing. I don't, who's he trying to appease? I don't know. It's just really strange. Maybe he didn't want to pick anyone who actually had a chance, so that way it's sort of seen as a ridiculous thing, and he can undersell expectations for his guys and not look like a chump. To his guys, because he said Damian Lillard. Obviously, I don't think is he trying
1: lose. to somehow get Lillard to go to the Warriors at some point or something. Is that
0: like <laughs> part of the plan? Because so it can be the backup point card on Yeah, the <laughs> interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That'd um, be a pretty good backup point card. It would be pretty darn good. Any other surprises or things that stand out to you so far, early on in one week and change into the NBA season? Yeah, I
1: got I got a couple surprises. Cool, um, especially for me as a Chicago sports fan. The Bulls don't look completely awful.
0: It is a little bit weird. I'm yeah. not going to lie.
1: The Bulls look like they actually might make the playoffs. Like. <laughs> I mean, of course, we're dealing with a very small sample size here, but Dwayne Wade is for some reason shooting threes and doing it reasonably, yeah. which is weird. Very weird. And uh, we were watching, Jonathan and I were watching the Bulls Celtics game last night because he's a Celtics fan and I'm a Bulls fan in between World Series, uh, checking it out a little bit. And I was saying, I didn't think there was any way for the Bulls to make anything of this season, but I didn't think, what if Dwayne Wade actually got good at three pointers? Like right. that's, that's the one way they could actually be good. Yeah, you know, and so far that's been what's happening. I can't imagine that's really true, but <laughs> but if it is, I mean, maybe the Bulls have a shot.
0: Maybe I mean, the Bulls are three and one. They have an eleven and a half point differential. They're scoring one hundred and ten points a game, only allowing ninety nine. That is a recipe for success for sure. But it is only four games into the season, right?
1: And I have a for a couple. Do you want to do some, or should I go? Good. Ahead. Go ahead. All right. My other surprise is two, two big men who have taken a big step forward and are both beasting it, as like the kids that. might say, if they were cool, like me. Right, the kids um, are
0: going to learn to say right, that. And
1: these stats, to be fair, are from Tuesday. I, okay. I found these numbers on Tuesday, so it was through three games for each player. One is Gorgie Deng. Gorgie Deng is having a great year so far. I don't know if it's true anymore, but through three games, hmm. he was averaging 13 points, 13.5 rebounds, one 1.5 blocks, and 1 steal. That's
0: that's really good. That is really. Good. He also actually signed a uh, a deal as well. He signed a four year, sixty four million dollar deal. We didn't even mention him. Right. So we're not, we're not big. That
1: fans. might be the steal of all the. Of all the big guys, if he actually can be this
0: guy. Uh, Dang's numbers, as of this moment, I'm going to give you updated numbers because I'm that kind of a guy. Actually, it's the same numbers. He's he still only played three games. So okay. 14 points, 11 rebounds. Yeah. That's not the same numbers. Well, I got three games played, 14 points. Okay, so points. that must have been two games that I got there. Yeah, then. 11 rebounds, two assists, 1.7 blocks, 1.7 steals. 64% from the field. That's really good. Yeah. Another guy who's been beasting it is Miles Turner. Yes.
1: Miles Turner has been great. He's um, been crushing You it. have updated numbers on that, right? Because, I will
0: in a moment. All you right. Know. My,
1: my numbers that I have are 21 points per game, 10.3 rebounds per game, and 3.3 blocks per game, which is great.
0: Yeah, that's you really— You would take that. You would, <laughs> you would take <laughs> yeah. that for sure. Um, it's gonna, you know, it's, I don't feel like looking this up. This is too hard. Okay. Uh, Miles Turner—I know, know Turner is getting three blocks a game, getting double-digit rebounds, and scoring something like 18 points a game, like you were saying, yeah. and shooting the ball extremely well, too. Like, Wow. Like, yeah. eye-popping and impressive.
1: Like, the Pacers should be pretty good this year, right? I mean, the Bulls they destroyed were them, to be. first of all. But.
0: The Pacers are 2-2. Two and two. They currently have a negative point differential. Um, but they were built to be good right now. Larry Bird is sort of doing what the Blazers are doing and trying to take advantage of the Paul George window. Right. And just going for it a little bit. He traded for Jeff Teague. Uh, he made some other signings. And here we are. You know, he basically tried to upgrade George Hill to Jeff Teague. I don't know if that's an actual upgrade or not, but Bird thought so. Yeah. Larry Bird seems to know what he's doing, too. I mean, he can shoot the three and trash talk. I will say, uh, picking Miles Turner was looking pretty, pretty, pretty good. What was... He was what pick
1: in the... He was, like, in the... I think he was 11th. Yeah, so late lottery pick. Yeah. There was, they would was redraft
0: ho- diff- differently now, I think. I was hoping he was going to follow the Celtics at 16. That did not happen. That would have been nice for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have Terry Rozier. That's okay. It's not... Uh, that's miles not Turner's, miles. like... Right now, one of the more valuable properties in the league. Yeah. In terms of trade value. Right, like, absolutely. At this moment. Yeah, Terzier. You can get, like, a second-round pick. Yeah, you can you can probably, probably get, like, get a late th- first-round pick for him or something Yeah, you like could. Like, whatever. You can All get right. Etwan Moore for that guy, probably. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Uh, my big surprise is the Atlanta Hawks. All right. So the Hawks are 3-1, and one, and they are outscoring their opponents by 12.8 points per game. They lead the league in point differential. I care about that kind of a thing. That's meaningful to me, anyway. They have beaten... Not very good teams, in fairness. So, it means nothing. They beat the Wizards. They beat the 76ers. They beat the Kings. And they just lost to the Lakers. So, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't feel as good Maybe about you should have thought about that one a little bit more. <laughs> they were 3-0 when I originally put them on the list. Yeah, but those I mean? teams are
1: terrible that they played. Still, you got to beat them. That, that must be the easiest schedule so far.
0: That's got to be the easiest. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescind that. I cannot stick with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just gonna go the, the, I, the Bulls were my number one surprise, so you you okay. grab that. So. You wanna
1: you wanna make a bet on the Hawks for, uh, yeah. for wins this year? I would love to. All right, I'm gonna say they get 51 or fewer. Okay,
0: this is an auction we're doing, I guess. No, I'm just saying you can you can take that over if you want. No, I'm not interested in that. There's All right, what, no what's your number? What's your
1: number? what do you think they're gonna get?
0: Okay, we're doing an auction, right? Fine, we'll do an auction. We'll right. do, we'll uh, go. I'm gonna say 48 or fewer. 43. Whoa. Yeah. Make things interesting. Oh, that made it pretty interesting. I'm going to take the... Mm, oh, I don't know what to do here. I'm not going to lie. 43, he says. All right, 42 and a half. 42. All right, you, I'll take the over. Yeah, so. you, you got me. You got me for one more win. It's the same as 42 and a half, really. I guess yeah. you couldn't say that, right? So yeah. I, I wanted to grab that extra win. Yeah, congratulations. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Very well done (laughs) 42 and under is you So the number is actually 42 and a half And that's going to go on our list of many bets Of which there will be a terrible consequence Some sort of resolution will occur Some very, very bad things will happen to someone That's what we know All right. anything else you want to say about the NBA season Before we wrap up this quarter?
1: I don't think so I've been really enjoying it so far I'm hoping it's not just a disastrous season Because the Warriors are just too good And it doesn't matter That's probably what it's going to be Yeah, that's too bad But I've been enjoying watching the games that I've watched Yeah You know, it's it's been fun
0: the playoffs are going to be fun just because we're all going to be rooting for everyone but the Warriors to win, pretty yeah. much. So every time someone like has a chance in a game, we're like, oh, my God, maybe the Warriors are going to fall down 1-0 in the seven-game I playoff mean, a, series. An
1: OKC Warriors playoff series would just be brutal and awesome, if that can happen. I
0: mean, it would be brutal awesome, but it would also be like 4-1. to one Yeah,
1: it probably would. But, you know, it would be cool.
0: I mean, when the Cavs play the Warriors in the finals... And the Cavs tied at one, you know, going to game three. That's going to be, like, our best moment. Like, our, the highest EV moment at any point in the season where the Warriors might not win the title, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's what it seems so like. So that's sad. Although everybody thought they were going to win the title last year.
0: Yes. And they did not. Somehow. Incredible. The, the block. Then they then they added the second-best player in the world to their team. So, Yeah. That was good for them. That was a good choice. Maybe the third best player. Sorry.
1: It was a, it was a well, well-crafted choice. They have
0: three of the top 10 players and another guy who's like 16. That's yeah. all they have. And two, by the way, two of like the top four players. <laughs> That's all they have. That's <laughs> yeah, th- th- th-
1: they might be okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Why don't we take a break? We'll take our halftime. We'll come back. Talk some NFL. Here we go. We're beginning the second half, and so is the NFL, actually. Week nine is sort of the beginning of the second half, give or take. For the of the season,
1: what uh, is the football league? But what is the football league? It's the
0: National Football League. Thanks for asking. I thought that would make you happy. The joke you know, is I felt so like dead, bro.
1: I felt like you would like that, dude. I just I don't was wanna... trying to do something nice for you, and now you're telling me things that are mean.
0: I just don't want to beat it into the ground. You know? I mean,
1: come on, dude. Just. Just accept that I was
0: being nice. So because the NFL is about halfway through, most teams have played eight games. Some of them only played seven. But whatevs. You can't keep it, make it perfect I'm on anymore. beer
1: number six, by the way. That's true. We had an audio issue. I cracked the beer on, on the audio. But unfortunately, nobody in the history of the world or the future of the world, even if you have a time machine, you won't hear it. I deleted it.
0: What if you have a time machine and they came back to this moment? Of course they could hear it. Damn it. It's so obvious. <laughs> they, well, not this moment. The moment when it was being that recorded. Moment, yeah. Yeah. They, if, if you could take a time machine back to this moment, you could certainly take a time machine back to that. I point. don't know. You don't know how time works? I don't. You think you know? I do. You pretend, no. <laughs> Let's get back to the NFL, though. The what? I was right in, middle, <laughs> right in the middle of a sentence when you just decided to go crazy there. Well, you know, it's drunk sports. I know. You're drunk, and this is what happens. And it's fine. There's landmines, you know? Absolutely yeah. there are. For me, there's landmines. For so, me, it's all cotton and fairy tales. So most teams have played eight games. Some, play, some teams have played seven because of the bye. We're doing our half-season awards right here, right now. Who you got for your MVP and why? Same guy you got. Very yeah. obvious. Very Matt Ryan's. It's no way around it. It's Matt Ryan.
1: I mean, Drew Brees would be in the conversation, but the Saints aren't that good. The Saints are three and four. Yeah, the Falcons are better.
0: They're five and three, and they are currently winning on Thursday Night Football at the half, twenty to fourteen against. Right, the right. Tampa Matt Ryan's Buccaneers. numbers
1: before this game pretty yeah. pretty good. Nineteen Today, touchdowns, yeah. four interceptions, sixty nine percent completion rate, nine and a half yards per attempt, which is an insanely good number. Yeah, eighty one QBR, and I believe he has something like three hundred and thirty yards a game.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, these are way, way above Matt Ryan's career stats. So he averaged something like 7.4 yards per attempt for his career. But this year, two yards better. This is the stuff that MVP seasons are made of. That kind of a thing right there. Plus the 5-3 and three Falcons. If they win this game that they're currently winning against Tampa Bay, they'll open up a 2.5 game lead in the division as well as be, what, 6-3. and three, And it's looking good for Matt Ryan. This
1: is the Matt Ryan the Falcons have always
0: wanted. Yes. You know? That's right, and it's weird because it feels like uh, before fantasy football season every year, people are saying Matt Ryan, you know, he's just okay. Yeah, just, and then this year he's like, "Fuck you, the Madinator is here." Are we allowed to swear on the show? I don't know. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah, of course we are. Yeah, Woo! we used to have a segment called um, "Who Done Good, Who Fucked Up." We did. It's gone the way of the. We don't also
1: know. had a segment that was called Jonathan's Fucking Stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got no, rid of that we, one. we too. got rid of that one because because it. Jonathan's actually he's pretty smart. Thank you, Grant.
1: Yeah. For those those who didn't know, for those who thought that, because of the segment title, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> who you got for your number
0: two in MVP
1: voting? I don't know. Did I write that down? Let's I don't find know. out. I have um, someone if you don't. I did not write anything down, but I, Tom Brady's an interesting thought. That
0: is the guy who I have, even though he's only played four games. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, the Pats are 7-1. and one. Yeah. He's 4-0. and oh. He's thrown 12 touchdowns and zero uh, interceptions. Remember how Matt Ryan was doing 9.5 yards a game? By the way, that is, if you take away Tom Brady, the next best guy is like at seven and a half or something. Wow. Brady's at 9.8 yards per attempt. That's Brady pretty good. better than Matt Ryan through four Obviously,
1: games. he has the statistical advantage by having fewer attempts.
0: Yeah, sure. That helps. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes it easier to have yeah. higher variance stuff. He's got 1,300 yards passing, almost exactly the same amount of um, passing yards per game as Matt Ryan. He's also got a 134 passer rating, which if he were to somehow be able to hold up to that, which is basically impossible, it would blow away the record of passer rating. Well, but it's only four games. It's not going to happen. In. Here's the real question I have for you. Brady, Let's say Brady continues to stay on fire like okay. this, and the Pats end up, you know, something like 13-3, and 14-2, which seems right. pretty reasonable. Brady's probably going to have a good year if he doesn't get hurt, you know, yeah. continue to be really good. Yeah. Gronk looks great now and things sure, so sure. on and so forth. They're actually getting Deion Lewis back after the bye as well. Is Brady a legit guy for MVP if he missed the first four games of the season? And a guy like Matt Ryan is having a great year, too. And That's, let's say the Falcons are good.
1: All right. Let's say Matt Ryan ends up exactly projecting how he's looking sure. right now. 38 yeah. touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Everything else is the same.
0: Yeah. And, and the uh, Falcons are something like 10-6. and six.
1: It's tough not to give to that guy.
0: But let's say the Patriots are 14-2 and two and Brady's numbers are almost as good. Actually, on a per-game basis, better but are almost as good anyway because he's been able to catch up to Ryan. An argument against Brady would be that the Pats were 3-1 and one before he played. That is an argument against Brady. That's true. But if the Pats are something like 11-1 and one since he came back, I mean, that's pretty good. It's pretty good, too.
1: <laughs> it's tough to give it to a guy who only played— Seventy-five percent of the season. I mean,
0: that's the question. Right? Yeah, that's that's the that's the. I heart mean, of this Tom Brady's
1: thing. off to a start where that could actually happen, right? But they'll never give it to him because Goodell fucking hates that guy. Well, I mean, let Goodell we... will never let that happen. There will be trench coat meetings in a parking garage. With all the media voting
0: members? I don't know how it's going to happen. There's a lot of media who vote, and they're all separate. There's going to be some
1: sort of information passed. It's going to be very clandestine. It's going
0: to be another rigged election in the United States, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: just like that. Right. Yeah, for those who don't know, we're kidding about that. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, I think it's possible. This is one of the few times it's possible. Because Matt Ryan's having a good year, but he's not having an incredible year. It's not like... One of those years where he's going to have 48 touchdowns or something. I guess he still could, but it's he's not He's having like... a
0: really good year for Matt Ryan.
1: Matt Ryan's having the year that Dante Culpepper had when he didn't win MVP, basically, because Peyton Manning had such a good
0: year that right. year. Right, but like when Peyton Manning had a great year and won the MVP the last two years, he had a year that no one could believe and was sort of record-breaking and things like that. And Matt Ryan's going to go nowhere near any records, right? Matt Ryan's going to have numbers that would sometimes be MVP. Right, yeah. exactly. So if Brady puts up similar type numbers... Or better numbers, essentially, but only play 75% of the season. It's just going to be a really interesting thing to follow, I guess. I mean, if Brady puts up similar numbers uh, per game, Matt Ryan wins MVP, right? Um, probably, but then the Falcons have to keep winning also.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the Falcons win 10 or more games, and they yeah. have similar per-game numbers, Matt Ryan wins. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Brady has to outdo Ryan pretty significantly to win
0: MVP. I mean, so far, Brady has been, but he's played half the games, so it's not entirely fair. Brady's like one bad game away yeah. from all this falling apart, of course. Sure. he he's Tom Brady. He's won, what, two or three MVPs already? I mean, already? there was that
1: Chiefs game on Thursday night two years ago yeah. where Tom Brady looked like he was cooked. He was done.
0: I was calling for Jimmy Garoppolo back then to be the So
1: starter. if, uh, if... He has one of those games this year that really hurts his chances because he has so few opportunities now. That's true. That's yeah. true. He
0: probably has one game. He can probably be bad in one game like yeah. that, and not to, to be able to still win the MVP. But it's going to be tough. He basically has to throw almost no interceptions for the rest of the season, which is hard to do. Yeah. But he's done. So, done I mean, so he far. has
1: zero interceptions right now. Okay, so uh, let me let me yeah. uh, try this. Go ahead. What if he ends up with the same per game numbers as Matt Ryan? Yeah. So Matt Ryan ends up with thirty eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. Except that Brady keeps up his uh, zero interception thing. Brady right. ends up with like twenty-nine or thirty touchdowns and zero
0: interceptions. I think if the Pats are winning thirteen games, they're going to give it to Brady. Then I think that's like the zero interception thing is so showy and yeah. exciting. It like it has a power to it. Yeah, like no one's going to do it. No one ever does that. Brady's won an MVP one year when he threw two interceptions. I remember that. That's pretty impressive. It was pretty awesome. It was the year Michael Vick really broke out, too, yeah. and Brady ended up winning the MVP because of his interceptions, I think, or lack thereof. So that's what it's going to come down to. If Brady throws two interceptions, which is doable for him at this point— Yeah. And and he continues the touchdown barrage. He has thirty-six touchdowns and two interceptions, and the Patriots keep winning, he's probably gonna win the t- he's probably gonna win it, right? Yeah, I guess so. So we'll we'll see. But Nick Foles didn't win MVP when he had twenty nine touchdowns and two interceptions on less than sixteen games. That's true. But the Eagles also like struggled to make the playoffs. They made it, but they won, yeah. they won ten and six. But he wasn't even considered. No, he wasn't. But you know, Brady is also thought of as by many people now the greatest quarterback of Shouldn't all. Shouldn't matter. But it does.
1: Shouldn't matter. But
0: it does. So anyway, we'll see what happens with that. That's interesting. What do you got for some of the other awards, i.e. Coach of the Year? Who you got? Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Interesting. I was not even considering
1: Just him. because the Cowboys have performed above expectation. They have. And they've done it without Tony Romo. Yep. And I know Dak has been good, but that doesn't mean Jason Garrett isn't part of Dak being good.
0: They've also done it without mostly Des Bryant. Yeah. So that's probably their two most important players. Offensively, Offensively, sure, right?
1: Well, they have an incredible line. There's linemen who are very important. Yeah, okay, that's true. Jason Garrett's got to be in the conversation here for Coach of the Year because of those injuries plus their success.
0: Great point. I agree completely. All right, I got two other guys who I think need to be in the conversation anyway. One is Mike Zimmer. Minnesota Vikings. They haven't looked as good recently. They're five and two though, and they're yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. Right? And they lost Teddy Bridgewater to start the season. I mean, come on.
1: They got Sam Bradford, the greatest of all time. Right?
0: I mean, it's it's working pretty the kid, well. The kids say the goat. Yeah. <laughs> now you know that uh, actually, North Turner just resigned like yesterday as the offensive yeah. coordinator of this team. So there's some bad things happening behind. Well, the that's scenes. because
1: he's in like a taken situation. He's got to go to Europe because his daughter was taken. He has a particular set of skills. Yeah, did and it's not you, about. Wait, throwing Did you him not know that? End. You
0: thought he just resigned? <laughs> I did. Actually.
1: No, he's totally like a Liam Neeson taken situation. With, oh, that's cool. But it's North
0: Turner. Is he gonna shoot like his friend's wife in the leg? Dude, that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is real life. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Come okay. on. The one other guy who I think is really obviously in the picture has got to be Bill Belichick. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you made your whole point that the Pats went three and one without Brady. They had Jacoby Brissett starting to and a half of those games. I mean, if we're going to be real
1: about it, Belichick should win it every year, probably.
0: Probably, I think this year though is a year you could make a stronger case for him than normal, though. Just
1: with... because Brady didn't play four games?
0: Yeah, and actually, they just decided to trade what many people think is one of their best defensive players, uh, Jamie Collins, to the Cleveland Browns. If they keep on keeping on, I don't know. It's hard not to give it to Bill. Talk
1: a little bit about this Jamie Collins thing because it's okay. interesting. All right, because yeah. you're a Patriots fan, you you know a bit
0: more of the inside scoop here. It's weird. So Jamie Collins is, I would say, universally considered one of the better linebackers in football, and a still relatively young guy. He's finally going to be a free agent at the end of this year and be eligible for a big contract. He's been on his rookie deal. It was a second round pick by the Patriots, a mid second round pick, and uh, he was thought of as like a, a nucleus player coming into the season for the Patriots, and even throughout this year, the defense has been really good, and Collins has been seen to be a big part of it. However, the Patriots traded him to the Browns for a third-round con- compensatory pick, which is exactly what the Patriots would have gotten had they just essentially allowed Jamie Collins to leave as a free agent at the end of this season. They would have, it would have been a year deferred. So it would have been the 2018 draft instead of the 2017 draft. But they would have gotten Jamie Collins, beer number seven, Nice to see. They would have gotten to keep Jamie Collins for the rest of this season when they are clearly trying to win the Super Bowl. So the fact that they decided to give him away essentially for nothing yeah, is really telling. And apparently the word on the street, Mike Lombardi, who's got very heavy ties to the Patriots, uh, was tweeting about how Jamie Collins essentially freelances on every play, doesn't do what the Pats want him to do, uh, misses a lot of plays as a result. He actually didn't play uh, at least 90% of the snaps for the first time in this last game defensively, as he had been every game up till now. And apparently... It came down to Belichick wanting to send a message to the rest of the team that it's sort of my way or the highway. And so he was willing to like, take the short-term hit because he's always thinking not just about right now. He's always thinking about the future as well. And we see that both in his draft philosophy as well as him getting rid of players. He did this with Ty Law. He did this with uh, um, Chandler Jones at the beginning of this year. He gets rid of guys who it looks like he could really use and would really help him right now. Logan Mankins he did this with also. Um, so that way, to avoid sort of the free agent type stuff that's going to come up, or if there's some sort of issues in the locker room, he just wants it the way he wants it. And it's worked for him.
1: Right. Well, if if Collins really wasn't obeying the defensive scheme at all, I yeah. can understand how that could be a problem. Me too. I mean, even if his stats are good. I mean, my thought was, is he the Hassan Whiteside of football, right? Where mm. he, like he puts up all the right stats, but... If you really take a closer
0: look, peel it back a little bit, he's not that great for your team. Just like to point out that Hassan Whiteside is leading the NBA in rebounds, blocks, and is scoring 20 points a game on a 60% shooting. Right, but is he percentage. actually good? I mean, it's hard for him not to be with he, those numbers. But is he good, though? But hard for him not but is to he, be. is he?
1: Any, he might be. Is he any good? Probably. But yeah, this is something Belichick. Belichick is obviously known for this type of stuff, which is what makes him so entertaining. He's it's his way or the highway, and he's a he's in poker. We have a saying uh, that we made up on the breakdown. It's a "fuck you" player, right? Belichick's a bit of a "fuck you" coach, (laughs) a little bit, yeah. um, So. Who? What's that guy's name? Jonas
0: Gray? Not yeah, that's right, Jonas Gray. Yeah, that guy who scored four touchdowns, two hundred yards and four touchdowns against the Colts, like in week one in one, in
1: one game. Right, week he's, eleven. He's yeah. now out of the NFL. That was two years ago, mm-hmm. right? And the next week, he missed practice because he overslept.
0: He actually was like twenty minutes late. I twenty think. minutes late. I don't think he missed, and practiced. he was benched. He was benching and essentially never played again for the Patriots. He played, and never he, played again for anybody he else. He like 20 more carries the rest of the season and playoffs. I yeah.
1: suppose that means he wasn't really that good if he never played again for anybody else. Somebody right. else would have picked him up. But anyway, he put up 200 yards and four touchdowns in one game. And then Belichick was like, fuck you. beyond time.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and in fairness to Belichick, when they played the Colts that year in the playoffs, Garrett Blunt was a starting running back. And guess what he did statistically? Similar things. 200 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Yeah, the Colts so, defense
1: was very bad this,
0: this year and that year. I the- get Belichick credit that he understood that it wasn't about Jonas Gray there, that it was about his offensive line, his scheme, and that a lot of running backs were going to do that, and that Jonas Gray wasn't special, but yes, that the hammer comes down. That was Jonas Gray's opportunity right there and then to become the starting running back of the Patriots for good, yeah. and instead he overslept, and it was apparently he like tearfully went into Belichick's office later that day, begged for a second chance, said it was his fault, did all the things you'd want someone to do, and Belichick is like, no, you screwed up.
1: That cold-hearted son of a bitch,
0: man. Yeah. But also yeah. probably because he knew Jamie wasn't uh, – Jonas, excuse me, wasn't actually that good. That yeah, that had to – I mean, if he was – If it was Tom Brady, it might have been a little different If story.
1: it was Corey Dillon or something, yeah. it's like,
0: you get another chance, Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon, yeah. I really appreciate it. You've come to me. You've manned yeah. up. You've taken responsibility. Yeah, not so yeah. much with Jonas Gray. Fair enough. All right, um, so those are our three current Coach of the Year candidates. Those sound some, some pretty yeah. reasonable, guys. All right, who you got as your Super Bowl matchup now that we're eight games into the season? i got Patriots. Impossible the, not it's, to have the Patriots.
1: And uh, this one, it feels wrong for me. For multiple reasons, but I'm going to go Packers. Really? Yeah. Huh, How come? I think they're going to put it together eventually. I think they've had a lot of injury problems so yep. far, which they have. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' numbers are gaudy already this year, even though people are talking like he's playing poorly. His mm-hmm. numbers are really good. I don't have them in front of me, but it's like something like 16 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. You know, perfectly good in every way.
0: His last two weeks have been very good. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, they've been playing without Eddie Lacy. They've, they're using receivers as running backs. Yeah. I think, I think they're a friend of my wife, just <laughs> our research assistant, just uh, came in who's a Packers fan and uh, ex- expressed her joy <laughs> at the Packers <laughs> talk. Um, it's. I think they're a really good team. I think their defense is maybe medium or so, mm-hmm. but that offense can really get it going, and I think they're going to make it.
0: All right. I got the Seahawks playing the Patriots. Here's my reasons. They're four, 2 and one just pretty good, anyway, and they've been doing it with basically and beat up and injured Russell Wilson this entire time. If Russell Wilson gets healthy, I expect him to have a similar second half to the year, like he did last year, when he quickly became the greatest, you know, second half quarterback of all time. Like there was sure. a crazy run. I don't expect it to be that good, but I expect him to be very, very good in the second half if he can heal up. We'll see if he can. But I think the fact the Seahawks are winning in spite of that is a really good sign for them. Once Russ actually gets healthy. Right, but the Cardinals don't look very good, and that's a team they struggled against. Um, yeah. Yeah. that's They struggled against? What do you mean? They tied them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, if, uh, if Russell Wilson's healthy, they probably don't have to do that.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, who are your biggest disappointments? Biggest disappointments yeah. in the old NFL? The um, National Football League. I got three teams that I'm really disappointed in. Okay. The first one is the least obvious. That's the Colts. Ooh, I, nice. I felt like the Colts might have a good year. Andrew Luck's healthy. You know, they, they got good receiving core, ostensibly. And their defense was never going to be that good, but maybe it could sustain. Mm-hmm. You know? And Frank Gore just does his old man thing, and it's fine. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I felt like the Colts were going like, to win 11 games, and, and Andrew Luck was going to be great. So I guess part of it is the Colts, part is Andrew Luck.
0: Yeah. Colts, like, by the way, are 3-5. and five. They've been outscored by 22 points so far this season. It seems like Andrew Luck might just not be the guy
1: that we thought he was. He might not be that special. You know, I still kind of believe in him, but maybe it's, I, I, I kind of do. Know. I kind of do why. too. But like currently, I, I'm disappointed. Right? I yeah.
0: expect he's going to have. It may take you another year or two. I expect he's going to have one of these years like Matt Ryan was, just suddenly one year going to put it all together and be the best quarterback in the league one year.
1: Well, he's different than Matt Ryan, right? Because he, his hype is so much bigger than Matt Ryan's coming into the league, and, and yeah, he's supposed to be the next guy. That's right? true. You know, I mean, he
0: looked like the next guy two or three years ago, right? He did before he got hurt. He yeah. looked like that guy.
1: Yeah, but it just hasn't been that
0: way. He he turns the yeah. ball over way too much. Yeah. for sure. And that's a problem. I mean, the rest of his team is terrible. Let's not forget. All he, right. It's like him and T.Y. You got any uh, bets?
1: I got a couple others, but you go ahead.
0: Oh, OK. Well, I have an obvious one, which, is, of course, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, sure that's what on I'm list. They have to be. Yeah. One in five. Needs no explanation. They're not even one in five. they They're Two in they? five. They're two in five. Whatever. It's still terrible. I don't even have anything to say. Yeah, there's nothing to say. It's a big it's a huge disappointment. Go ahead. Your turn. I'll have another one. Cardinals. Time. Cardinals, yeah, pretty Car- obvious. Right? Cardinals
1: are a big disappointment. I mean, they they were great last year.
0: Yeah. Just watch All or Nothing. You'll see. You
1: know, that, that's a fun show, by the it way. It is. You it's should check show. it out. But Carson Palmer looks terrible, like, just Tamir Andrew Luck. He looks really bad compared to what he should be, the uh, same way Andrew Luck does. And the Cardinals just look bad.
0: Yeah. Um, the Cardinals are 3-4-1. and one. By the way, my other disappointment was actually not a team, but a player, Carson Palmer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Carson Palmer last year. 35 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 8.7 yards per attempt. This year so far, through eight games, half a season, 10 touchdowns instead of 35, six interceptions already. He he hit 11 last year, so sort of on the same pace. 7.3 yards per attempt instead of 8.7 yards per attempt. That's a big difference. Huge. So, I mean, there's lots of reasons why the Cardinals are struggling. He is one of those reasons. Now, maybe it's partially because their wide receivers are beat up besides Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe that hurts some of his passing numbers. But ultimately, I think it's on him to play better than he's played. Or maybe last year was just his one blow up year. The way this is Matt Ryan's big blow up year, you know, and like everyone who's pretty good has a year like this, and then they fall Didn't back. Didn't Carson have a
1: pretty good year the year before too? Yeah, he yeah. did.
0: He did. So maybe, not. but last year was better. Yeah, last year was better for him. Last year he was an
1: MVP candidate. Yeah,
0: everything came together yeah. for him the way it never had before, and maybe never again is starting to look. Yeah, like it looks him. like that. You know, he's not a young dude.
1: He's not no, a spring he's chicken. Thirty
0: six or thirty seven. I'm going to go like thirty three, but whatever it is, he's not thirty three. He's not thirty eight. I'll bet you over 35. Um, you're saying he's over 35? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll bet you that. You got a deal, buddy. That's a, that's a deal. All right, we'll talk a little. I'll find out how old he is. All right, please. Um, or don't, and we can just look so at So also, the, okay the Cardinals
1: too. receivers have been somewhat disappointing, too. Uh, mostly, yeah. I mean, John Brown, who is a young up-and-coming receiver, he's got a lot of health issues, which is a problem. So that's yeah. a bit
0: disappointing. John like, Smoke Brown. Make yeah. sure you say his whole name. Buddy. Smoke, yeah. Used Smoke. To, used to
1: call him Motherfucker.
0: Now we call him Smoke. Now we call
1: him Smoke. Yeah, that's a Bruce Arians quote, which is
0: kind of awesome. It's a great quote.
1: Uh, it's not actually that. It's Bruce Arians is talking about how he, if he hates a player, who it doesn't mean he hates the player. It means he hates their football. Right. And he's, he was talking about uh, how, I think he said something like, last year, John probably thought his name was Motherfucker. This year, we call him Smoke. You know, something like was that. that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Because, because you hated how John Brown played football the year before. Anyway, right. John Brown, disappointing. Larry Fitzgerald's been just fine, if not great. Um, I saw the face you lost. He's 36
0: years old. Yeah. He's actually turning thirty-seven soon. Yep. So okay, you win. Yeah, I win. Nice uh,
1: and Michael Floyd has been an enormous disappointment. To what is fantasy
0: football owners everywhere? What is
1: wrong with that guy? Why can't he play good football? People like Bruce Arians has been talking in interviews about how he thinks Michael Floyd's overthinking everything because Michael Floyd is in a contract year. Hmm. So maybe that has something to do with it. But last year, Michael Floyd was pretty good.
0: You know, maybe last year was just one of the years where everything came together. The offensive line, Palmer was playing the best he's ever played. The receivers were at their healthiest. And now everyone's a little banged up. The offensive line isn't as good. Carson Palmer isn't as good. The only guy who seems to be as good as he was last year is Larry Fitzgerald. Patrick Peterson. I mean, David Johnson. But yeah. I'm talking about oh, the, I'm just, oh, the aerial right. attack. Actually, <laughs> yeah,
1: David Johnson's been incredible. Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah, that guy's great. But I mean, and actually, David Johnson's probably been helping Carson Palmer's numbers, and Larry yeah. Fitzgerald's been the same guy he always has been. Right, I mean, he's been a dominant force once again. Everybody
1: him. expects him to take a step down, and he just he keeps refuses. Being, he's not as fast, I guess, but he's still really good.
0: I mean, as long as Carson Palmer's been his quarterback, he's put up dominant numbers. The, the only years yeah. he struggled at all, really, is when he had like Mike Stanton and guys like that throwing. Drew well. Drew Stanton. Well, Mike Stanton wasn't good either for him. Mike That's Stanton a, was terrible because that guy actually is just a truck driver. An, really actually, good. there's an outfielder who at least used to be on the Miami Marlins called. Uh, yeah, but he lost all his baseball sense. money, and now he drives trucks. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one likes that guy. Of course. He's all like, check out my truck. You've seen my mud flaps? They're amazing. Like, yeah, Stop I mean, talking he's... about your damn truck, Mike. No one cares. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Uh, we know you're a listener. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. You yeah. have anything else you want to say about the National Football League? Uh, no. Great. All right. We'll come back with a little LTDFI. <laughs> Just before we break into a little LTDFI, what does that stand for? Let the drunk fix it. Who's the drunk? You are. All right. <laughs> this is your favorite part of the, like your week, isn't it? Isn't this everybody's favorite part of the week? It's one of my favorite parts of my week. I'll say that. Before we do that, that's beer number eight. All right. Good job. Good. Because that means you are sufficiently drunk. Um, Usually. We were tweeted at by Kevin Matier. And he wanted to uh, call us out on something from a few weeks ago. Ah, forgot to get this into I don't want to get called out. You're going to be fine. I don't— Bleep. bleep. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, asked—of course, he tweeted at Drunk Sports Show. That's our Twitter handle where people can You said that in a way that nobody could ever understand. At Drunk Sports Show. There you go. That's our Twitter handle. Of course, you can follow us, and you can, of course, send in your suggestions for LTDFI. I'm sure
1: Jonathan tweets all the time from that Twitter handle. I'm not allowed
0: to look at it, but I'm sure Jonathan is very good about that. Okay. Let's just keep it together over there. No. Kevin Mateer says, how did you leave Kyrie Irving out of your top 10 point guard list a few weeks ago? So I wanted to give you a chance to respond to that.
1: Um, I guess I just forgot.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't believe that. What were our top 10 point guard lists? Do we have those? We don't have them with No, us I deleted so. it. Yeah, it's long gone. Um, there well, were eight guys so we both agreed were in the top 10. We thought the top eight yeah. were the same, and then we had two other guys, and neither of us had Kyrie Irving.
1: I think I would have put... I I must have forgotten about him, honestly. I think really? I would have put him ahead of Conley. I had
0: okay. Conley on my list. I really don't think you forgot about him. You You looked extensively at every point guard instead of That's so true. I. Maybe well,
1: he's just not that good. I think that's more
0: Yeah, likely. I think that's... Let me, let me explain my reasoning. Uh, he is a bad defensive player. There was a school of thought that, except for the finals where he did go crazy and absolutely was a big part of why they won the championship, but except for the finals last year, that the Cavs were actually better with him on the bench and Matthew Della Vidova running the point. Horales Vergara sure. certainly thought so, and he is sort of the place where I go for all my nBA knowledge quite honestly like if if he says it it's most likely true, it's more true than any, what anyone else is going to say um Kyrie also has a major injury history, he's still very young and he's an offensive force, but I left him out on purpose. Grant, I think you probably I did probably too. did too. There's also a lot of really good point guards in the NBA. Yeah, right?
1: the point guard is probably the most saturated position.
0: Yeah, like if this was any, uh, if this is if he was a wing, he would have made our top ten. We had like shooting guard list or it, something. We're
1: like, ah, oh, we have to put Gordon
0: Hayward in top ten wings. I guess we do. Right, and that's exactly. Two
1: positions. That's right, two.
0: Right. We had to put, work so hard yeah. to do that. But Kyrie, yeah, was is better than you know guys like Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not fair. But you know, you know, you get what we're saying here, right? Sure. Good. Let's move on to let the drunk fix. I'm going to be the other guy who who tweeted at us. Yeah, I get it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So um, we got a few different topics this week. We'll see how many of them we delve into. Let's start with uh, something that's probably near and dear to a lot of our listeners' hearts, certainly mine and yours. The World Series of Poker was on this week. Oh, okay. You didn't see this coming, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, and in fact, it's been on every week for the last month and a half or so on ESPN on Sunday nights and sometimes on Monday. And no episodes of the World Series of Poker show up in the top 50 of Sunday cable programs pretty much any week ever this year. So no one's watching it. That includes, by the way, the live final table that they did on Sunday evening, um, but also the week before their episodes leading up to the final table, which a lot of people might think would be the most watched episodes, if anything, not in the top 50 for Sunday on cable. So we're not even like, so that means there's also all the network shows, which it falls behind as well. So it doesn't show up in like, I can't find how many, what its ratings are. It's so bad. So my question to you is how, what can be done to make poker a more interesting sport on television so people will actually watch it all right first of all poker is not a sport correct all right so we are both professional
1: poker players i mentioned that already in this podcast but we're not going to be like oh how can you say right. poker is not a sport poker is not a sport you're right i call it a sport but i don't think absolutely it's not it's on espn but it's not a sport
0: right for sure like darts yeah darts is also not a sport Although Correct. darts, at least, is a physical, it's a physical activity. Actually, maybe darts is a sport. Poker's right. this not.
1: Is, this is the first ever Let the Drunk Fix It where I think I can have a self-serving answer. Okay. And it's pretty great <laughs> for us. <laughs> 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 um, so the World Series of Poker, for those who watch, has, has had the same announcers for 15 years now. Yeah. Uh, Norman Chad and Lon McCarran. Lon McCarren, he's got a good voice. That's about it. He doesn't really know anything about poker. Mm-hmm. Norman Chad is pretty funny. Yeah, sometimes he's not—he's not, clearly not a great poker player. No, and uh, they're sometimes relatively entertaining, but it gets old because it's a lot of the same jokes over and over and over again. Sure. I think they might need new commentators. <laughs> who do you? Who are you? I got an thinking? idea. I who, think it might be uh, Grant there? Edison and Jonathan Levy. Oh yeah. I <laughs> think gonna... the fix is put Grant Edison and Jonathan Levy as the commentators of the World <laughs> Series of Poker.
0: Yeah. It's done. It's fixed. Okay. Yeah. That that may help a very small percentage of the audience growth. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to bump it into the top fifty for Sunday cable shows. Since you know, I don't know how many of those people. Top have heard fifty. Of us. We can get top fifty, dude. Maybe. Maybe we not. got that in La- us. Lon La- and La- Norm can. What do if it? we
1: do it when I'm drunk?
0: That. Would both maybe help and simultaneously Drunk
1: commentary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of love that. Yeah. Uh, Anything else that the World Series of Poker can do or ESPN can do to make the show more watched?
1: Do you have anything? Because I'm struggling.
0: Um, I have a few things, but they're not great. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think there absolutely needs to be a shot clock. Okay, that's an easy one. Certainly for all the live stuff, especially. The other stuff isn't as important because they can edit it however they want. But a shot clock would be vital, probably. So, and even,
1: even in the edited stuff, that would create some interesting
0: spots where yeah. people have the shot clock raining down on them, and they have to make a quick decision. Right. Poker yeah. Stars had a TV show, The Shark Cage, where they had a shot clock, and they absolutely made that part of the drama, and that worked pretty well. Yeah. Pretty, like, will they use their 30 seconds extra right now, token or not, kind of a thing.
1: I mean, right? I think the problem for, for poker TV in general, poker the poker boom happened, and it's gone. Yeah. And – uh it's not that fun for the general public to try to figure out what people are thinking when they play poker. Mm-hmm. It, you have to be an advanced poker player to really care. I mean, some people will watch only the World Series of Poker every year, and they they don't care that much about the way people are playing and stuff like that. But it's not enough, obviously. Like you have to you have to do something to draw the people who aren't super interested in poker.
0: Maybe you need to do things like get the common man playing more. Like part of the problem with poker these days, especially, is that. It's all you know, bots essentially. Like it's yeah. all like twenty-three-year-old kids who don't make any expression, take two minutes to make a decision, and do really boring stuff. Well, it's actually older people than that now. Okay, fine, twenty-eight-year-old kids, but yeah. it's the same idea, right? And it's um, we actually saw that in the the heads-up portion where Gordon Veo was as boring as one could be. He now, was also, extremely boring. He played boring poker, and you know that's not. His problem, but that is, that is television's problem. Yes. Right? So what if instead of having all these pros, they do it more like the way they did the big one for One Drop this year, where it's amateurs only? In the World Series main event? Um, it couldn't be the main event, but maybe it would be what ESPN televises either instead of the main event or concurrently with the main event, something like that. I don't know. I think there's an inherent problem there.
1: Go on. And for those who do feel like they want to watch poker, they want to see the best players play. Yeah. Usually, especially when it's the World Series of Poker. Sure. They want to see what good poker is. And that's the problem is that Those people aren't – there aren't enough of those people. I don't think it really gets that many of the the laymen into watching poker if you just get a bunch of guys who don't know what they're doing. Same as the layman doesn't know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, you could be right. I'm not sure. But at least it would be more interesting because more chips would fly around the table. There would be more check raises, just more raises in general, which is more fun in poker, right? Watching people bluff more. Like, you don't see that many big bluffs among the kids I got Okay, I have an idea. I actually
1: have a legit idea that is – I think this is good. Okay. I think I got this. Great. All right, so – most of you play poker, I think, because most of you are, are transition listeners from the breakdown. Most of them. But let's assume that, that you're not, okay? So, <laughs> so I'm going to explain what a tournament <laughs> right. in poker is just for a second. Okay. So in a poker tournament, everybody buys in for the same amount, and they get a certain amount of chips. The amount of chips doesn't, don't have to represent the same amount of money as the currency did. So it's a $10,000 buy-in in the main event, but you get 50,000 chips, right? right? And then you use those chips, try to build those chips. In the end, the person with chips wins. Yeah. Everybody gets the same opportunities. Uh, instead of using chips for the World Series of Poker main event, use cash. Mm. Use $10,000 in cash. Yeah. Your starting stack is $10,000 and it's in cash. And you, everybody has cash and they're pushing it across the table as their bets and their calls and everything.
0: Okay. How do you think that's going to help things? It looks way more awesome. It's like awesome. Oh, okay, for the TV. Yeah, for TV. Great. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Do you think that really helped Poker After Dark? Because remember, Poker After Dark had like some cash as like bundles up five thousand. That was a cash
1: game, and it was confusing. Like that's yeah. confusing to the viewer who tunes in who doesn't really know what they're doing because there's chips and cash. Yeah, next to each other. And so they're so they're like, it's what, just it's cash.
0: So, yeah, just cash. Wouldn't you be worried about people sort of sneaking more cash on the table and stuff like that? It'd be really easy to do that, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm I haven't gone that far with this idea. <laughs> But don't you think
1: that would be more entertaining if you, if you didn't know anything about poker? Yeah. You turn on the TV and people have giant piles of cash at the final table? $100 yeah. bill is the highest nomination in the US, man. Like, people I mean, at the end ridiculous. are going to have
0: millions of dollars in front of them. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. yeah but, but, but the
1: cash would represent the actual money that they spent. Yeah. So, and, and then the payouts would not necessarily represent the exact cash, but it doesn't matter. It, show, it looks like they're playing for this cash. That,
0: right. Yeah. That is an interesting idea for sure. It might help a little. Um you got a if, better idea yeah what if we uh, incorporate some other element into the game that we don't currently have right now so if you get it all in and it's a coin flip or something like that um, and you're behind no forget you get all it's a coin flip you do something else some sort of uh, activity to determine some sort of competition to determine like who either gets to add another card or less cards so for example you could um, have a you could you could oh, it's hard to come up with something on the top of my head here you could who um you could like Have a little boxing match. A boxing match. Yeah. So you have to be in really good shape. You don't have to be. You just would lose more often. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. You have a quick boxing match. So if there's a
1: guy who's gigantic, he has a huge advantage. He can go all in all the time because nobody wants to box that guy. Well, no.
0: I mean, even if you lose to that guy, I mean, it just means he gets to take – he gets to to say there's only four cards. Yeah, but you're
1: concussed. (laughs) Fuck
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe boxing's not the greatest idea. But some sort of physical – Activity, some sort of physical competition. Not, it could be, you know, like shooting a basketball, other than the best basketball.
1: How about something with cards, like okay. uh, uh, throwing a card and breaking a banana in half, that type of thing?
0: <laughs> so if you can do that, you win? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of times when nobody wins. Well, your right? idea is bet. My idea is not bad. It's different.
1: Okay, it's different. Your idea is
0: good. It's a new idea. It's a new idea. Yeah. Um. So maybe, but maybe not that. But maybe some sort of a competition that takes place besides off the table. So what happens gives you an when? What happens when
1: you get? And when Jonathan says a coin flip, he means what? It's essentially oh, yeah. a coin flip. What if it's fifty-six, fifty-six percent versus forty-four percent? I and that
0: is a coin flip. That's every coin flip is about that. Like there's almost never a fifty-fifty coin.
1: flip. Yeah. Right. So does the advantage go to the person with fifty-six percent somehow? In the competition?
0: The advantage. No, you fight then, No, what you know, I'm saying is don't
1: don't you, shouldn't you get that six percent bump in, in edge and the other person gets a six percent loss because they got it in with
0: No, 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 because instead of what the deal is so you didn't ever let me finish your busy telling, telling everyone how bad an idea is. No, I been. only said that once. That's okay. I'm just going with it. Um so the idea is though if you win the physical competition, whatever it may be, maybe it's a feat of strength or something, then you get to say like, like Festivus? I want there to yeah, I want there to be more I want there to be six cards, not five dealt because well, we're on only four cards no river you can like cut out one card or add a card That'd be interesting. That's pretty powerful.
1: I mean, if you have a pair and you say no river, you win, Ex- a, lot you win a lot more. A
0: lot more. I know. Once in a while it costs you, but obviously equity or if you have Ace King and you get to you're up against Queens, you get to get a sixth card. Oh my god, you're a yeah. favorite now, right? Yeah. So like that means the the physical competition has, you know, consequence. That's what we're looking for. Okay. Maybe you it's know. darts. Maybe you play darts against the person, and then you know, you get to determine how many. I don't cards. think darts is very well watched also, as you know. a as a standalone <laughs> thing. So <laughs> that might not be the right one.
1: That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. That was my idea. That's an admirable thought. Thank you. I think that's a good idea. I mean,
0: you're putting me down. This is the guy who says things like, let's have him play an NBA game in the middle, you know, in the NFL. Was that a
1: bad idea? It was an amazing idea. Thank
0: you. I love that I don't mean to put you down. I'm sorry. I think your idea
1: was wonderful. Thank
0: you. I don't
1: think it's... (laughs) Really gonna work? No,
0: it's not super. Yeah. I don't think any of these ideas are. Except the shot clock is really reasonable.
1: A- right? I mean, it's not really a thing that ESPN can solve. We mean, we know more about this problem than any of the other "Let the drunk fix the problems" yeah. that we've ever done. We understand Sh- poker extremely well, okay, and and a lot about po- poker culture and everything. And it's just. Poker is boring to a lot of people. It's hard to make it exciting to people, and uh, without changing the rules of the game, which really can't happen.
0: I mean, you could do more invitational type things. where you yeah. have an invitational final table, or just an invitational table, and it's like sit and go, one table, winner take all, and you have like really interesting people. You know, it's like Antonio Esfandiari, Phil Locke, Phil Youth, whatever people, the players people really want to see, and then they're more. It's more like good for TV and stuff. Maybe Isn't that that's kind better? of what the Premier League's trying to do. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is, actually. And uh, I don't know how successful they're not. I mean, that had several seasons, in the You're UK sure. still going on. But that's in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know. That's, All right. That's a tough one. We failed. Tough to fix that one. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Daily Fantasy Sports. Oh, we already talked about this. Yes. Here we go again. Um, so one thing we talked about is how it sort of sucks to actually play it. It's not that fun. Yes, it does. So what could you do to, so people would want to play it over the long term and also... Protect people from all these pros, these sharps who are playing, you know, sixty percent of the games, and are essentially making it impossible for newer players to really survive.
1: Well, I don't. The second one is really hard. All right, we'll work to on the pr- first one to protect from the sharps. That's really hard. All right, how about just making it a fun game? I think we just add a draft element somehow. I mean, to, just to be clear, the way it works now is you mm-hmm. get a budget, and you have to. In each player costs a certain amount, and uh, you have to. Fill a lineup up using your budget, yeah. and it's about you know resource management, basically.
0: Yes. Which who gives a fuck? That's boring. <laughs> I mean, an auction is about resource management too, but I hear you. It's but different. an auction it has a,
1: has other stuff like is resource yes. management by yourself. You no, can no. do whatever you want. You're not depending game on theory yeah. you uh, in an auction uh, at least offense. other players. You can bid other players up. Other players might overvalue somebody. You know, yes. it's different.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're completely right. It's different. Yeah. I will say this. There used to be, as I mentioned in our DFS segment earlier, daily fantasy sites that did have drafts, and those no longer exist. So right. for some reason, it seems like these sites don't think it's practical, I guess, to do it because then well, you, you need everyone there at the same time, I guess. That's
1: part of it. Another part of it is probably that it's trying to do one week at a time. People probably don't want to draft every week. Yeah. Like I, Maybe I do. Maybe you do. But I don't think the general
0: population does. It's right. really
1: easy to set a bunch of lineups in the way DFS is currently structured.
0: Right, because that's right. the other thing. I guess you can play 100 games if you set your lineup the same way, but yeah. if you draft, you have to do 100 drafts. That's yeah. really much harder. Okay, so that's problematic. So, I mean, maybe it's just if DFS was much smaller, it would be easy to do drafts because it's so big right now. What else yeah. can we do to make it fun for people?
1: I think we should kill it. I think to make it fun, we end it. It's, no, it's done. Mm. It's just a boring thing.
0: Right, but the question that's being presented <laughs> to you, the problem yeah, for you to solve I, and fix, if you will. This
1: is me uh, stalling. Yeah, that's I what's see that. going on. Okay. Because <laughs> it's tough. I'm having difficulty with yeah, it. This is not an easy Obviously, one. Obviously, there's a lot of smart people at DraftKings and FanDuel trying to solve yes. this very problem, yes. and they have failed to do so.
0: They have. But you know what? You think differently than they do, and that's one of the reasons why everyone loves you, why you're one of the most beloved figures in podcasting. Oh, my God, really? Local Portland Did you get, like, there? a note? From somebody? I did. Someone wrote me something about oh, it. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, friend of ours. All right, I'll try again.
1: Great. Let's try again. Take let's, one more let's shot. Let's,
0: let's get a little out of bounds here. There you so go. So I don't know what it's going to be yet. What, what, I just
1: know it's going to be out of what bounds. Would, what would be
0: really interesting and fun? It can be way out. It can be any way you want that mood make you want to play DFS on a regular basis, besides the draft element. Besides the draft element. Because even that, may, you may not want to do on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I might, I might not. Okay. Let's
1: see. Okay, so I think. No, I can't no i i i can't do it
0: it's hard i can't fix it it's too broken the system yeah, is too broken i really
1: can't fix it
0: wow this i'm is sorry tough. wow I, i'm sorry I, to the people we're stumping the
1: drunk i can't it's the first time i, I think i say i can't
0: do it I, I i mean you kind of said that with the last one too at the espn didn't no, 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 that's not true you said we are the commentators and play with cash you did fine yeah. with that. okay i'm just in like my idea oh uh, okay so but you but so you got nothing at the moment, I have nothing. Okay. If something comes to me, I'll tell you. But it's, I don't really have much either. It's, I mean, how? It's a dying. You got nothing. You it's got a dying. It's just industry. not good.
1: It's just not a good model. Yeah. Like it's so hard to make that work.
0: And yet we love fantasy football, and it's kind of fantasy football, but it's not. It's not at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
1: Take it out one more. behind the
0: barn and shoot it. I got one more. All, all right. right. Destroy it. That's the answer. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Final. Let the drunk fix it for the evening. Let's see if we can really solve one. I would strong. like
1: to because I feel like it's been a real disappointment. Y- the yeah. listeners should probably just turn it off because we don't deserve their listenership.
0: Right, but they might want to hear a few. Maybe you're going to solve this one. I, I mean, you never know till you listen. Right. And yeah. you know the first two been, I would say, only peripherally about sports, really. Like DFS, sort of yeah. about sports. Poker, not really a sport. So anyway, here we go. Third one. You ready? I'm ready. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump. Are the two most disliked oh, candidates God. Do we have to do this? <laughs> ever to um, be their par- major party nominations, nominees, right? Ever. right? They have got the worst approval rating of all time. So basketball? Fix the system so that way we do not get people who are this disliked to be the last two people to wow, be Wow, yeah. Thanks for the easy one. <laughs> Real easy. Let the drunk fix it, man. I'm yeah. allowing the drunk to fix this. Okay. <laughs> this is great. Uh I really appreciate I'm it. I'm supposed to put you in tough spots. That's my job. I don't know if you're supposed to put
1: me in these tough <laughs> spots. Okay. Maybe you've overestimated me. Maybe I'm not as good as you thought. All I right.
0: really just do all of this so I can, say, I can set you up to, so you think it's going to be a sports thing, and then I say, Hillary Clinton. I just see your face like <laughs> <laughs> disappointment just raining from you. It's great.
1: All right. So how do we end up in a spot where we don't have such unlikable candidates? Yeah, like, That's like, your question?
0: Like in theory, we have this primary system where people choose these people, and yet they're the most disliked candidates of all time time how is this like, i mean i can, can go we on this? a political rant right now but nobody wants to hear nobody that. wants to hear that fix fix it don't rant fix it
1: okay well i don't know what the actual implementation strategy is but clearly okay. there's flaws with a two-party system okay that This is the political rant I was talking about.
0: Great. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm I, glad we're doing that I anyway. Well, it's your fault.
1: <laughs> so, a two-party system is a disaster. You have these two choices, and you have to kind of agree with everything that the one party says because that's who you vote for. And there's only the two parties. There's other parties, but nobody ever wins from those parties. So, we're, like, I don't know how to make other parties more popular, but it would – some – maybe you have an idea, Jonathan, of how to make it so other parties have a better chance.
0: Well, I'm, that is a separate – thing to fix than the okay. problem I'm posing to you. So I'm not going to answer that. Okay, Otherwise, fine. It's, it's reasonable to ask. It's reasonable to bring up. But I want to come back to the, the original question because it isn't normal. This is not gotta, a normal I situation. I got to chug this beer right now. Yeah, go for like, it. It. bad. But listen to what I'm saying here. This is like, it may feel like, oh my God, this is just inevitable that we're in this situation, but it's not. When Barack Obama and uh, John McCain were going against each other in 2008, Barack Obama was wildly popular. John McCain was actually largely respected by many people. You yeah, know, He's a war hero. He's done many, many sort of impressive and good things, right? Right. Those um, were two candidates you can get behind. Right. I mean, yeah. a lot of people could. Mitt Romney, while some people certainly disliked him, a lot of other people absolutely respected him and sure. you know where he came from. I think you could say the same thing about many candidates in the past as well in, in the U.S. elections. But this year, it's different. So. How can we fix it so we don't have things like that anymore? You know, I don't think it's an inevitable thing for the system necessarily, but maybe the system's going in a particular direction. And it needs to be tweaked a little bit.
1: I think uh, okay. One thing that could happen is independents should be allowed to vote in primaries. Okay, so that might help. Yep, a little bit. They might. Maybe they have to pick which primary they vote in, but they. Sorry, I'm burping. Are allowed? Yeah, so that could help, right? <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. No. No. That's fine. But rather than going for a political science kind of answer, I don't think anyone's looking for that from the LTDFI. We're okay. looking for stuff a little more outside the box than that. Like, yeah, you could also do runoff voting. But I, ap- that's a I appreciate that, that
1: you're. I appreciate that you're pushing me here. I got to.
0: I'm doing my best. You you, uh, know, you handle most of my problems pretty well. So. I do.
1: Usually, this yeah. has been a, a tough one so far.
0: Yeah. Let me. Maybe I can get to the uh the whole. Okay. Motor let's go. Let's, a little let's bit hear here. some ideas from you. What if we had something like uh, if you run for president? And uh, there's, there's more, not just voting for the president. You can also vote, like, do I like this person or not, right? So if you lose the presidency, if you come in second, and more than 60% of the people say they don't like you, you get shot in the head. <laughs> That's quite a So that would change the way people behave, right? Uh yeah, I suppose it would. Like that might fix the dislikable problem because people would be very strong incentives now not to fix Some be of the
1: dislikable problem, but some of it it would not. Some people are just plain dislikable.
0: Right, but they may decide not to work for president yeah, though, you yeah. know. I mean, like it's not so good. I mean, I don't know if these people are aware that they're dislikable. Well, they will see their they you know, they have they get their polling numbers like everyone else. They see their approval ratings and their dislike ratings. I'm saying this is a way that might like really incentivize people to either be more likable or not to run. These are to certain people not to run. It's just one idea.
1: Okay. There's, I mean, that's not bad. I'm just, you know. You got something. It might work. What, what, else if, you what if the presidential election was uh, solved instead of by an election, yeah. by a spelling contest? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We'd have like a 13-year-old, uh, 13-year-old kid winning every yeah. time, right? Yeah, yeah
1: we would. Or, or a swimming competition or perhaps a riflery or perhaps a basketball game.
0: Interesting. So you yeah. think that would make it more likable? I guess like the stars of the NBA are definitely more likable than Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. What if the right?
1: person who had the most liked tweets that
0: year okay. got to be president? What if we picked—how about this? What if we had the people who, are, who have the highest approval and likability ratings in the United States who are Americans, who are like age-eligible— they are automatically running for president. <laughs> <laughs> what if they don't want to? <laughs> they are forced to run for president, and that's the deal. They could
1: tank their campaign then.
0: They can, but if they get too unlikable, watch out. <laughs> oh, I you forgot know about having... the getting shot. It doesn't part. have to be getting shot in the head, by the way. Maybe that's an overkill. Maybe we could like cut a hand off or something. Yeah, you know? so fine. It's like, not too bad.
1: Send it to their kids. You, you
0: wear a hook. You, the, the new prosthetic hands are pretty cool anyway with the robotics. Yeah, it's probably better. This is, you know, it's a possibility. So okay, so so then it could be um, maybe like LeBron is running, like because he's you know he might be LeBron might win if he
1: ran for president. He might,
0: yeah. He might. Who else would be in the running? You think of like most liked people. If we're just gonna like think about it for a second, think about
1: sports people or general people, just general
0: in the U.S. who are most like. Maybe Taylor Swift. She's too young. She's She's, George Clooney. George Clooney might be right. George Clooney's
1: pretty well liked. He
0: might be forced to run. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Who else? Who else is most liked in the U.S.?
1: uh, Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Louis C.K.
0: He's very well liked. He's,
1: I mean, but he's a smaller deal celebrity than a lot of people we're talking about here. That's true.
0: That's true. But he is very well liked. Yeah, he He is. People like him. He is. Uh, Anybody else stand out? There's got to be one or two. Tom Brady. Tom, no, everybody. Tom hates Brady's the... in trouble. Like he could really lose a hand yeah. he's not careful. Yeah, everybody
1: hates Tom Brady. What are yeah. you talking
0: about? I mean, the people who love him really love him. Do they? <laughs> I think Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. No, nah, not enough people really like that guy because he's so sullen. But he's funny. Also, he's not going to do great in the debates. He's going to refuse to talk in the debates. That might problem. be an advantage. You know what? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I've... Marshawn, t- twenty twenty. Oh, how old is Michael Phelps? He's not old enough yet he's like thirty two or something I so don't think four he's, years maybe I don't know wrong. if he's well liked enough. ah, uh, maybe not, maybe not Tim duncan those... Tim duncan, interesting, yeah, uh, is he really liked though, or is he just like he seems like he might, might actually cool. understand politics too. He probably does, yeah, he probably does he's got I'm sure a lot to say on you know yeah. economics and. Things right erosion. I don't think like I that. don't think we solved it. I think we're I think we've done a hell of a job. Oh, okay, okay. What are you talking about? All we, right. we, the whole thing was we want to have candidates who are not so unlikable. We come up with numerous things that will really guarantee that these people will be less. Okay, fair unlikable. enough. Are there any other pop stars who really might be? Uh, there's probably pop another stars? pop star. I don't know. What am I? Uh, I don't, I don't some know. Some guy who knows pop Biebs stars. Bieber's too young, right? He's Canadian yeah. too, I think. Nobody likes Justin Bieber anymore. Come on, the kids love him. <laughs> All the kids. <laughs> love the ones him. who can't vote yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I guess whoever, like, the main movie star is at the time, if they're of age. Jennifer Lawrence. She's not quite. She's probably a little too young, young. but yeah, like, maybe Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock would have a real shot. (laughs) Sandra Bullock? That was kind of like a random choice. She was wonderful in gravity, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Was it all in her mind? I don't think so. Oh. Personally. Good. I think George Clooney really does die.
1: Spoiler. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. I can't. How I, old is Macaulay Culkin? Because everyone loved that kid at one point.
1: Macaulay Culkin,
0: you know. How about the kid from uh, Ving from, Rames? Who? Ving, Ving Ra- Rames Ving Rames Everyone respects Ving Rhames. I wouldn't sure. fuck with that guy. I would vote for Ving Rames. Yeah. If it's between him and like LeBron, I'd vote for Ving Rames. No. Yeah. Over LeBron, absolutely. But LeBron has so many triple doubles. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you know, there's going to be a moment in the situation room where some general is going to be saying, we need to bomb this country right now. And you need a president who's willing to stand up to the general and look him in the eye. And Ving Rhames is the guy to do that. And say, say what? No. Not yet. Not on my watch. I need more proof. Something like that. You know. Ving Rhames wants to bomb everybody. Okay, but he's going to want proof first before <laughs> he actually does it. He may want to, but he's going to like wait. You feel like he's Ving going to feel the responsibility. Ving Rames is a of the real presidency. truth seeker. A real what? Truth seeker. It's... I mean, I think he's really going to care about, you <laughs> yeah, know, okay. bombing the right people. So Great. I think Ving Rames is a good guy for that. Ving Rames, sort of a bit of an odd choice, really, to bring up in the first place. I part. think it's an obvious choice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think you're a fool for saying that. <laughs> uh, Matt Damon? How about Matt Damon? That's, I mean, he's kind of political, too. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. He's, you know, the The Bourne movies aren't doing super hot anymore, so I kind of might as well gig, find a new career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are there any fictional characters who might be good for this? Robin man? Hood, Robin Hood. People like people like Batman too. Yeah, and I think everyone would vote for Batman. Ned like Stark, run, Ned Stark. If he could, oh, survive. Ned Stark. The thing is, he'd be an an ineffective leader. That's the thing. He'd I be a very sweet leader, but ineffective.
1: Yeah, I guess he would. That's the problem. Yeah, my nah. bad, my bad. Sorry.
0: Many, just Anthony Hopkins. He's English, but it's okay, right? People like him. Anthony Hopkins. He's so, you know, he just knows what's going on. (laughs) I think we should probably stop. (laughs) Just keep naming people. Fair enough. Uh, Anything else you want to throw in on this one? No, no. I think we fixed it all. No other way. (laughs) No other ways to make candidates likable? Nope. All right, folks. Listen, if you're not liking these topics, people, you know, you got to tweet it at (laughs) Drunk Sports Show. Send them in, and I'll uh, throw them at Grant. But otherwise, you force me to come up with these things. And, you know, it's hard for one man to keep coming up with sports problems and other dilemmas. It's a
1: great burden, and Jonathan does a good job. Thank you. So
0: it's it's hard for the drunk to fix it, but that's the point. All right. uh, Why don't we get out of here on that? Tweet us at Drunk Sports Show, and we'll see you next week. We'll